0: This is the podcast for RUF at Wake Forest. RUF exists for the convinced and the unconvinced, the lost and the found, the burned and the bored, the cynical and the spiritual. Whoever you are and whatever your story, RUF exists for you. For more information, check out our Instagram, at RUF Wake Forest. Now, here's today's teaching. RUF has been uh, just really, really important uh, in my life. Um, when I was in college, I was a sophomore and I found myself at a meeting like this. I'd never been in church or read the Bible or anything like that and um, ended up meeting Jesus in RUF in college and then um, was privileged before and after seminary to work with RUF at the Savannah College of Art and Design. And then um, after seminary, I uh, was RUF campus minister at the Appalachian State University um, for six years. And so I'm really grateful for RUF, really glad that you're taking the time to be here. Uh, And I'm really grateful for Wake Forest, um, uh, for what this university is, uh, for your presence here. Um, So most of y'all probably do know John and Mary Clark Bourgeois um, and uh, they served here for a long time, and they're dear friends of mine, and I'm missing them a lot, uh, especially today. It's really weird for me to be here and for them to not be here. And so if you're feeling really sad about John and Mary Clark tonight, um, I'm, I'm with you in that. But uh, in addition to being a pastor at a local church, um, I'm also the the chair of a committee that oversees RUF for our region, so oversees RUF for Wake and for Winston-Salem State. And uh, I just thought I kind of owed it to you guys to be here um, to give you guys a sense of what's going on and what you can expect. Um, First, let me say thank you to Susan and to Matt for being here. Give it up one more time for Susan and Matt. Um, Susan and Matt are are running the show for this semester. And what you can expect when you come to large group on Tuesday nights is for uh, usually a local church pastor Um, to be here to preach. And um, there's a reason why this is a really beautiful semester for you guys, even though there's not an RUF campus minister, is because uh, it allows some of y'all that, um, or or maybe unsure about your place in RUF to step into some really meaningful, beautiful roles. It's not not an exaggeration to say that the work that you do to make RUF more beautiful, um, to make RUF more welcoming, um, to make RUF just a, uh, a, a more powerful and grace-centered place this semester will actually continue on for years and years from now, and, uh, so thank you for, for being here. Um, so our, our committee, we have hired a new RUF campus minister, um, and you will find out who that person is in a couple weeks. The reason why I can't tell you who they are right now is because they are a current RUF campus minister at another campus. And that person has not had the opportunity to tell their group yet that they are leaving at the end of the semester. And you guys know what it's like with John and Mary Clark leaving. Um, that's really it's hard and sad. And so we want to respect what's going on with their group. And so in the coming weeks, we'll let you know who that person is. But I will let you know that they're awesome. So that's a benefit. And uh, the person <laughs> said that I could tell you some trivia about them. And the trivia that they asked me to tell you was that they wore dental headgear in college. Um, so if you're looking for someone that has, that has really exercised a lot of humility in their life, um, <laughs> then that, this person is the person for you. Um, but anyway, thanks for um, being here. I'm really grateful to be here. And also, um, if, if you wanna talk to a pastor throughout this semester, um, There's going to be lots of people in through here, and each of us, I know, would love to connect with you. Um, But if you're going through something or you just want to talk with somebody, you just want a pastor to come to to campus and spend time with you, I would love to do that. And um, I feel like I owe a tremendous debt to RUF that I'm only beginning to pay off. And so I would love to come on campus and hang with you guys anytime you like. You can get my stuff from Susan and from Matt. All right um i don't know if you guys have seen these videos they're usually come out in uh you know at the beginning of the fall that a lot of college football programs well this has been a great year for wake football by the way let's go deeks um it's also going to be a great night for wake basketball tomorrow i'm um, really excited about that hope to see you at the game if you're comfortable being there um let's just all go get COVID together and beat duke all at once it'd be great and um and uh, But it, it, usually at the beginning of the fall, there's all these videos that college football programs will put out um, of walk-on players finding out that they're receiving, that they're receiving a scholarship. So they're, on, foot, on college football teams, there are scholarship players that they, the, the school pays for those players to be there. And then there are walk-ons who basically, I guess, just play for the love of the game. They come and they play without a scholarship. And usually at the end of like summer football camp, It'll, it'll come that like some random kicker or some random person that's clearly doesn't seem athletic enough to play college football finds out that they are on scholarship. And these three words, uh, you're on scholarship and then they, usually the team goes crazy and starts spraying them with water and everything. Um, those three words transform that person's experience. They go from walking onto the football team to getting paid to play college football and really being um, a part of the team. Sometimes just a small number of words can be tremendously powerful in our lives. Um, and I wonder, and I'll ask you guys as we get started and we, we dive into this passage, um, if you can think of any words um, that have really shaped you or had a tremendous impact on your life. Anything that someone said to you that really impacted you deeply? It's okay to talk back. Yes. Thank you. Let's pray. Um, might you want to share an impactful word uh, over your life? Maybe it was yes. I know at least one person in this room who that impacted their life. So. Okay, so, so just like a word from scripture is really impactful to your life in 2 Corinthians. That's beautiful. Um, what? Yeah? You've been accepted. You've been accepted at Wake Forest University. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Let's go, Deeks. All right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Maybe one more. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Do you would, would you mind telling us who told you that they were proud of you? My dad. Your dad told you that he was proud of you. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, some, some words, when spoken to our li- into our life, like I, I didn't grow up with a dad, right? And so I'm like living into your story of hearing your dad say he's proud of you, like that my soul just lifts with you. and I, and I didn't even hear that, right? Uh, from my dad. Some, some words can really heal us or take us to places that we didn't know we could go. But words can also be really damaging, can really tear us down. Um, and, and can trigger us. The, even the idea of a trigger word shows how powerful w- certain words can be in our life. And of course, if you maybe you've been in an amazing conversation with someone where you're at a restaurant and then you realize that they're cleaning the restaurant because the conversation was just that engrossing shows how powerful words can be. And each of you is here tonight um, for your own unique reasons. Some of you I, I know a little bit. Um, a lot of you I, I don't know at all. Uh, some of you, you're part of the RUF community, and you were looking forward to coming back here. Some of y'all were abroad last semester, and you've been waiting to get back here. Welcome back, juniors that are, were abroad. Um, some of you have come to RUF because you have a life with Jesus, and this is a place where that's nourished. Um, some of you are just checking this out, and some of you may have no idea why you're here. Um, someone drug you along with them. And uh, many of you are probably wondering if this is something that you should come to again, if you should um, be part of RUF during this semester. And um, really all I wanna say to you tonight is that you should come around here um, and spend some time in RUF this semester because God wants to speak to you, that there are certain words that God has for you for your healing of your soul. RUF is a place where you can come and you can hear from God. Uh, and if you're, if you're here tonight and that sounds insane to you, uh, why would this person say that I could come and actually God is going to speak to me? Um, then I especially would invite you to come and to be open to what God might have to say to you. Uh, we, have, we have two passages that I want to read for us, they're both from the Gospel of Mark. Um, there are four Gospels at the beginning of the New Testament of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these are stories of Jesus's life. And I want to read two short sections from Mark chapter 1 and Mark chapter 9. And what these, these sections have in common is that these are two sections where God actually speaks out loud for other people to hear. Um, so this is the, the word of the Lord. Um, I want to give us a moment of Silence. Uh, before we listen to it uh, to allow ourselves to settle before we hear God's word. This is uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, starting in verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, "'You are my beloved Son.'" With you, I am well pleased. And then in Mark chapter 9, this is actually a couple of years later. Eight short chapters, but many years later. Starting in verse 2. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John. And led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, because he has no idea what's going on or really what to say, so he says, Rabbi, it is good (laughs) that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say. I wouldn't know what to say either. For they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. Uh, this is the word of God. I'm going to ask his blessing on it. Lord Jesus, um, on behalf of my sisters and brothers here, I thank you. Thank you that you have made us. You've made each of us. You've made us in your beauty and in your strength and in your image. Lord, I praise you for these sisters and brothers and for their lives and their stories, which are your story Lord, that you have been loving and pursuing each of us in this room every day of our life. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for this campus, for the privilege of being together. And Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you for your word. Lord, if we are going to hear it, we need you to send your spirit with us. So we pray that you, O Holy Spirit, would come that you would fill us with your word, that by hearing your word, that we would be drawn to you and that we would hear words like our sister shared with us, words from a father saying that you love us and that you delight in us. So be with us now as we look at this, these two passages. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I really just want to look at these two times that God speaks out loud um, to see what, what word God has for us. It, at the beginning of, of Mark, in Mark chapter 1, one of the first things that the, the gospel writer Mark records is that, um, is that Jesus goes and gets baptized. And God says to him, You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. What God's saying in front of all these people that are out by this random river in the randomest place on earth, God speaks audibly to say to these people, this is my son. This is no ordinary person among you, but this is actually God himself come into the world to become one of us. God became a human being with a real body. And when he comes onto the stage, when he announces himself and he hears this word from God, the thing that he is doing is he is allowing himself to be baptized. And in, in verse 4 in that, in that uh, Mark chapter 1, it says that what this baptism is for is for the forgiveness of sins. People would come down to the River Jordan, this guy, John, Um, a different great dude named John, um, uh, is that people would come down to him and they would say, I need to be cleansed from my sin, that there is something inside me um, that is wrong and broken and, and yucky, and I need God to cleanse that from me. They would come down to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And the only people that came down and did this were people who were moral failures, people who recognized that they had really screwed up dirty people not respectable morally upright people so certainly it would make no sense for god himself (laughs) who is the one who would be doing the cleansing to come down and to receive baptism but here jesus is god in the flesh coming down to this podunk river and submitting himself to the act of baptism to basically say um, I'm a, I am identifying myself as a person in need of cleansing. Jesus comes down to this river to say, I want to be with those who need to be forgiven for those who know that they need to be washed. This is our Jesus. One who identifies with moral failures. Um, when I was in college, it used to be challenging to get in touch with somebody immediately. This is, it's hard to imagine this time uh, now. But when, when I was in college, um, no one had cell phones. In my dorm, I had an answering machine and a landline. So if you can imagine someone called me up at Hendricks Hall, room uh, 213. And I wouldn't be there because I'd be in class or something else, not at the gym, um, because that's not a place that I've frequented. I frequented. I, I regret that now. Um, and they would leave me a message, and I would call them back. I also, at the same time, had a pager that someone could call, and the, and the pager was that you would, you would punch your number in, and I would get the number, and I would call you back. And I felt super connected to everyone around me. But in reality, if someone needed to get in touch with me right then, what they would have to do is go onto campus and somehow find where I was and come to me directly. If you really wanted to connect with someone, you had to physically find them and go to them. And what Jesus is showing in this passage, I don't know what you think about God or what your story with God has been like. But what Jesus is showing us by coming to this, these waters of baptism is that he has come personally to find us and to be with us. And he did that because he wanted to be able to say something to us. He wanted you and I to be able to hear him. So if you're here at RUF this semester because you're looking for a new start, um, maybe the break was really hard, or maybe what went on last semester was really hard and you're like, you know, it's a new year, new me. I need a new start. Um, That is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful reason to be here in RUF. Jesus came, God himself came to identify with those of us who need to be cleansed and who know that we just can't get our acts together. And you've got to catch this about God if you're, if you're going to know about the God of the Bible. Is that God is much, much, much more comfortable with you as you are than you are with you as you are. Like Jesus put on a body because he loves bodies. Jesus is extremely comfortable With us being human beings and all that means. The way that your body looks and feels and functions, this is so hard for me to believe. Jesus loves our bodies and longs to be near us. And you can believe that because God stepped out of this spiritual realm into the natural world and put on a real body. And this is, the God, this is God, the creator of every single thing that has ever existed. And he's here to be with us in our broken mess as we are. And it's when Jesus does that, when Jesus says, I'm identifying myself um, with mess, that God speaks to him. And he says, you are my beloved son. And I am well pleased with you. Like the word that our sister shared, like that my dad said, I'm proud of me. This is Jesus's father saying, I'm proud of you for identifying with my people that need to be cleansed. But the second word that we we heard was from chapter nine. And this is a year or two later. And Jesus has been doing life with with this group of people for a number of years now. And uh, he takes his three best friends up on a mountain, just as you might take your three best friends up on a mountain somewhere. Um, but what happens to Jesus is probably not the same thing that happened to you. He gets up there, and all of a sudden, he's transfigured, meaning he, he is, is shown that he is divine, that he starts blazing white. There's light shooting out of him. And then, like, some other random old dead guys show up who have been dead for, like, hundreds and hundreds of years, Moses and Elijah. And they social distance, and, like, Peter's like, let's get three tents, you know, not the one tent. Let's make sure everybody has their own tent because Peter has absolutely no idea what to do. I don't, if three, if two random dead people showed up, I, don't, I mean, it's like, what do you do? Like we make dinner, we make tents, we, we put up tents. And God speaks again, but he doesn't speak to Jesus. He speaks to Peter and James and John. And he says to them, now that Jesus has been really unveiled as God in his glory, in his beauty, in this, this reality that if you look at Jesus as he is, it's so pure that it's like blinding light, it's like looking into the sun. God says to Peter and James and John, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And God is saying the same thing to us tonight. God is saying to us, Jesus is my beloved son. I want you to listen to him. Because if we begin to listen to Jesus, we will hear Jesus say things like, come to me all who are tired and weary and carrying a burden that is too heavy to bear. Come to me and I will give you rest. I... I don't know everything that there is to know about being a Wake Forest student because I, there was a snowball's chance in hell that I ever would have gotten into this school. So well done, you did it. It's just that way you're accepted. Yeah, amen. Um, but I do know this. You know what it is like to be tired. You know what it is like to carry a burden that feels too heavy for you to bear. And God is inviting you in to listen to his son, Jesus, who says things like, I will give you rest. I don't, I don't know how often you think about what, what God likes, um, what, God is, what God is into, what makes God feel good. God delights in you coming near to Jesus and listening to what he has to say nothing would make God more delighted than for you to listen to his son and to follow him. I don't know if you've ever seen those videos. Um, there's, there's a video on, on YouTube. Uh, it's a child hearing its mother's voice for the first time. You're going to want to watch that one later. okay? Um, it's, a, it's, a little, it's a little kid, about two years old, who um, is deaf. And they're able to put some kind of science onto the kid and um, where uh, there could be amplification in the child for the first time ever. I mean, usually a a child in the womb, it starts to hear its mother and the people around it before it's in the womb or while it's in the womb. But this child is is about two and a half years old and there's this amazing moment where they they turn it on, this machine on, and his mother speaks and he hears his mother speaking for the first time. And it's like this crazy, so can you imagine you've never heard anything and then you finally hear, and it's this beautiful moment, this child is so like mesmerized by this. But the kid is like the second best person on the screen because the mother's expression when this child hears her voice for the first time is just the most beautiful thing that you could possibly imagine. That like my baby can hear My voice. There's this utter expression of delight on her face. And for some of you this semester, um, and maybe this has happened in the past, maybe it's happening, beginning to happen now, God is turning that sound on for you. And I want you to begin to imagine the look on God's face as you begin to hear. His voice. Can you imagine the delight on his face when we begin to listen to what he has to say? And if God is 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 speaking to us and delights in us listening to him, here's why I want to invite you. Three reasons why I want to invite you to stick around in Ruf this semester. There's there's all kinds of great ministries. Any any kind of great ministry on campus. Be in a small group a local church, but I particularly love RUF, so I hope you'll do it. One, RUF gathers around the Word of God, whether that's in a small group, um, in this meeting, in conversations or life with one another, um, maybe in just giving you the tools to pick up your Bible in your dorm and read. And the question for you is, how will you know what God has to say unless you give yourself to listening. If Jesus really is the ultimate reality that is beneath all reality, um, aren't you curious uh, about what he might say? Uh, I am a verbal processor, which is another way of saying annoying. Um, And uh, my wife would confirm that. she is an internal processor, and I, I read internal processors as mature <laughs> humans um, that know when to talk and when not to talk. Um, but my wife's life motto is, say something once, why say it again? You know, like if you didn't catch it the first time, you should have been listening. So if I wanna connect with her, and, and I do, because she has good and beautiful and glorious things to say, I need to be listening And I need to practice what it's like to listen well. And to admit when I'm not listening well. But it is worth it every single time. Because she surprises me every time I listen to her about what she has to say. We have to learn how to listen. Especially to God. And where else are you going to learn to listen to what God has to say? Um, I love and adore Kendrick Lamar um, and you should too okay um, Kendrick is like a once-in-a-generation artist and a, a follower of Jesus um, but on Pimp a Butterfly has a, a song on that record called how much a dollar cost and it's this amazing um, picture of he's in South Africa at a gas station and he um, is interacting with a, a man there who's homeless who's asking him for money, and throughout this interaction, Kendrick is kind of, is kind of blowing this guy off, and the guy's really um, persistent with him, and Kendrick starts to get angry and defensive and lashing out at this guy, and what happens throughout the course of the song, which by the way was just Barack Obama's 2015 song of the year, so a former president was his favorite song, so it's at least worth a listen. But by the end of the song, this, uh, this man who's homeless um, reveals that he's actually Jesus, who's speaking to Kendrick at this gas pump. And he says, know the truth, it will set you free. You're looking at the Messiah, the son of Jehovah, the higher power, the choir that spoke the word. And part of what I love about that image that Kendrick uses is how easy it is to miss Jesus, even when he's standing right in front of you and speaking to you. Um, Jesus is the most easy to underestimate uh, person imaginable. Because the world shouts to be heard. The The world demands that you hear what it has to say and you're inundated all the time. But Jesus is too humble in heart to shout at you. He comes to speak to you but he invites you in close to him to listen. If you have ever been around children, you'll know if you want a kid to listen to you, a little kid to listen to you, the last thing you should do is raise your voice and shout at them. It's super counterproductive. I have three children I can tell you from many, many tries that this is not helpful. Um, if you want a kid to listen to you, you whisper to them. And if you whisper to a, to a little one, they will always come near to hear what you have to say. And that's what God is inviting you to do, to move in near to him so that you can hear what he has to say. So you should come back to RUF because RUF gathers around the word, word, and this is a place to learn to listen. But secondly, my question for you would be, um, don't you long to hear a voice that is outside of your experience? words surround you and me all the time we are constantly hearing words from whenever we wake up to whenever we go to sleep from our professors on the radio online from one another we're constantly processing and hearing words the voice of your parents the voice of your friends the voice of your past the voice of your professors and most of all you were inundated with the voice of yourself You don't have to, to, when you wake up in the morning, you have to remember to brush your teeth. You don't have to remember to start talking to yourself. Most of the time, we don't even know that we're listening to ourselves. But we never stop talking to ourselves from the moment that we wake up until we are able to sleep. And what Jesus comes to offer to us is a word that's outside of that experience, Don't you long to hear somebody from outside of all this speak to you in a way that could actually give you perspective and could actually give you life and hope, some good news from another place. That's what listening to Jesus is like. It sounds crazy at times because it's from outside of this world. It's a bigger and different perspective. Some of y'all on the first day of class, you called your mom. Um, Maybe it wasn't as real this semester as it was last semester that you called your mom on the first day of class. And uh, that's not all of you. Um, She probably called her dad. And if I was her, I would call her dad, too. Um, But isn't it so good when you call home on that first really stressful day and and your parent picks up? And there's just this sense of relief because they're outside of the world of Wake Forest University. And they can speak to you about a different world. Some of y'all studied abroad. And when you got over there and you were feeling lonely and you called back home. And all the way from like this other world you were able to talk to someone. Wasn't it so good to hear a voice from home? And Jesus, the dazzling and glorious light from a literal other dimension, speaks here. A voice from outside our moment speaks in this place. And lastly, and I'll end with this, um, and if you, if you weren't paying attention, this is, this is the point I would, I would ask you um, to, to consider. When you humble yourself before this Jesus, and you say, I, I want to practice listening to what you have to say, and ask him to help you hear, you will begin, slowly at first, but surely, to hear God saying to you, you are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son. I am well pleased with you. And I don't know of anything that would be more wonderful to hear. I have a friend and uh, some of you guys know exactly what this is like. Uh, When she was in high school, her parents got divorced, dad got remarried. And so for the last like 10 years plus, at Christmas, she goes to multiple Christmases. You guys know what the multiple Christmas game is like if you've been in the divorced parent world, been there. Um, But uh, on Christmas Eve, she always goes to her stepmom's parents' house. Those are like her step-grandparents. When you have step things, it's just everything's really confusing. But she goes to this big Christmas Eve party, her and her sister, and they're the only step-grandkids there. And there's like these like eight other real grandkids. And uh, she texts me every year from the Christmas Eve party at her step grandparents' house. And we laugh because all you can do is laugh because it's this painful. They give out gifts and uh, she texts me every year. She says what the, what the grandkids got and what her and her sister got. And it is brutal every single year. One year, um, all the grandkids got blundstones and North Face jackets and she and her sister got a loofah and a nail set. <laughs> this past year, she said, uh, they gave me a Bluetooth microphone, which was really cool. But then the other st- uh, grandkids are all, have all gotten married, so they all got Airbnb gift cards, thousand dollar Airbnb gift cards. I know y'all, y'all ready to take up pitchforks? And I am too. Um, They couldn't make it more clear to her that she and her sister are not real daughters of this family. And if you give yourself to listening to God, he will begin to speak to you in a way to tell you, deep and deep within yourself where only you can hear that you are his beloved child and that the gift that he gives to you is actually the gift of himself jesus went down into the waters of death and was raised up in dazzling glory So that you could be joined to him, so that you could hear your father in heaven say, you are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son. I am so delighted and pleased with you. He's inviting you to come and to listen to him. And I hope that you will do that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. it is not natural for us to hear you. It's so natural for us to hear ourselves, to hear the expectations of others, to try and convince ourselves that we really are the people that we pretend to be. And, Lord, um, I long to hear a better word, and I know that many of my sisters and brothers here long to hear that as well. A voice that gives life and a voice that invites into true acceptance, a voice that accepts us where we are but doesn't leave us as we are. And so I, just, I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us that you would use RUF as a space this semester on campus where people can begin to hear not what we fear, which is that we will sit around that tree and we will get the loofah. But that we will hear what we, our hearts are desperate to hear, which is that you love us. And Lord Jesus, you've given yourself to have us. So, Lord, would you bless this space and bless this people? That word would be clear. And would you transform us by it? We pray, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen.